0: Rach, I'll give you a thumbs up. It just takes a couple of seconds. Perfect.
1: You're on, Rach. Well, uh, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, for a special focus session on global COVID-19 vaccine distribution challenge. For those of you who were in the last session, uh, this follows on absolutely perfectly where we talked about uh, logistics training uh, and skills not just for the fruit and vegetables and perishables but for the pharmaceutical market and the scale of a vaccine distribution challenge for the world that lies ahead. Now, a little update. Um, You can hopefully see the start of what we know is going to be an excellent presentation on your screens. Unfortunately, we won't be able to see Hannes. He's here, you'll be able to hear him presenting, um, but we weren't able to connect um, his um, visuals. Um, But please, um, I'm going to be here um, working with Hannes, and. I think he has a presentation of some 20, 30 minutes, then we have time for questions. We know this is a huge issue, so please keep uh, putting the questions through. I will be managing them and um, talking to Hannes after the presentation's finished. Now, a little bit about Hannes. Hannes Lissig, um, thank you for coming back. Hannes, you spoke live with us at our event in uh, Bremen, is uh, uh, one of Kuno Nagel's um, uh, top farmer uh, experts And as we know, the background to this um, with Kuna Nagel as one of the world's largest 3PLs is the vaccine distribution challenge through air, through land and through sea. And uh, Hannes spoke with us a few years ago about uh, the migration of pharma from air to sea. And now let's turn over to him. Thank you very much to hear what Kuna Nagel has been doing to assess and prepare for this uh, Tremendous task ahead. Uh, Hannes, the uh, presentation floor is yours.
0: Well, Rachel, thank you very much for this uh, very kind introduction. And uh, hello, good morning, good afternoon to everyone in the, in, in the, in the audience. It's, it's a very special setup uh, to, to everyone, right? And uh, all of this is uh, due to the, uh, the pandemic we are currently in, which is truly a global thing. Uh, and it has an, an implication to to all of us that we used to travel that we used to interact directly among each other and um, but uh, I think uh, you guys doing a great job in, in in pulling this together and makes this a real good virtual experience so Basically, before I really kick off into my presentation, um, as, as you mentioned, Rachel, I, I, I've, I've been with you four years ago in your event here in Bremen. I, I spoke about pharmaceuticals, I, I believe, for the first time in during cool logistics. And I must say, what great progress has the industry made during these four years now? Uh, so we really see a tremendous growth in volume uh, that go through the oceans now yeah, so that um, are handled in in reefer containers but also partially in, in dry containers yeah, and especially even more though now yeah, the expertise that was built the understanding now yeah, of, of the pharmaceutical requirements of the needs of the regulations yeah, and how this has developed um, with the shipping lines with container manufacturers um, to um, where it is today now yeah, today well we know at least four shipping lines that have dedicated resources in place for pharmaceuticals right i mean still it is very much a niche yeah but it is um, it is considered as an well elementary part of um, of, of of the refer um, the volume and market yeah. and and many many companies uh, among them freight forwarders shipping lines port operators really strive to make um, the, the supply chain as robust as as possible so today I'm gonna I'm gonna speak um, um, on the on the vaccine development, but even more so, of course, about the distribution of it, um, which is a, is a is a great challenge that lies ahead of us. Uh, and of course, well, it's it's a pleasure to talk about this topic, but it's also a great pressure, uh, to talk about this topic because it is something that really impacts all of us, right? I mean, everyone has an opinion on it. Everyone is reading the news daily. Yeah, everyone is, is uh, impacted and this is personal life. Yeah, so we're not going to solve all questions. We're not going to develop a vaccine here together today. Yeah, but I think there are still some, some good insights uh, to be shared um, in, the, in the coming um, about 30 minutes. So um, really what has happened over the last uh, well two or three quarters of the year is that with extensive investments into research and innovation, yeah, vaccines are now about to be launched, right? I mean, there is very promising trials uh, going on, and really the big question is how will they reach their markets? Where will they be produced? What is the 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 well kind? What is the type of vaccine we will we will then see, and what are the, really the requirements? Uh, to, to ship these, right? And what is the and where is the critical infrastructure that it takes, yeah, to to bring this vaccine that, not maybe not all of us, but most of us are very much looking forward to have, uh, to go back to, uh, to what is maybe called the the old normal, right? The good days where we saw family and friends and business partners in person, and and had a good chat uh, together. So if we continue and first i mean have let's have a look of where we are today so right now there is some 50 companies approximately and universities by the way now yeah, working um on a on a COVID 19 vaccine yeah, which are really at various stages of the product development life cycle so um there's there's some very much advanced already um, maybe even launched in, in certain countries there's others still on the very beginning and although it feels um, that some are more pro- have more progress than others, still is very much unclear um, how the race uh, will, will end, All right. So usually this vaccine development, the licensure, also the manufacturing and to ramp up manufacturing and to scale really takes several years usually. Yeah, until this vaccine then is publicly available. Yeah, however, now under the circumstances of the, of the pandemic we're currently in, yeah, healthcare firms, research institutes, but also especially state authorities, which are very often perceived to slow down processes maybe here and there, Yeah, but they all really work very much hand in hand um, to accelerate the timelines yeah, that really this, this vaccine can be safely, but also quickly uh, be delivered. The World Health Organization, um, to accelerate this task and to coordinate among all the different parties playing a role here, has assigned with Andrew Vitti, a former um, GSK executive, yeah, to coordinate really this task yeah, of the discovery, but also now the commercialization of the of the vaccines. Yeah? And well, the scale of it, just to put things into perspective, yeah, once the vaccine is ready, it's developed. Uh, So the global manufacturing supply must quickly reach about seven or plus seven uh, billion people, which, of course, is a huge task for everyone involved. So really, I mean, to to look at it, where we are with the the vaccine development right now, um, this is courtesy of of the New York Times, and and they update this on (coughs) on a weekly basis. Yeah, so it shows on the left-hand side where are we right now, right? I mean, the the clinical trial phase, which is really divided into phase one, two, and three. Yeah, um, so there's a number of, um, of of companies and and research firms, now yeah, that are making great progress here. And then to understand what does it really mean, I mean, in, in phase one, the safety trials. Yeah, so it's really a very small number of people um, that receive. Um, the, the vaccine, and, um, and, and it's being checked, okay, how it stimulates the, um, the immune system, All right? Phase two, yeah, so it's some hundreds of people already. Yeah, so also special groups, yeah, so you look into children, you look into elderly people, and, and how do they uh, accept um, the, the, the vaccine, and what are uh, possible side effects. Yeah, and then you go into large-scale testing, now, which then thousands of people very often, well, the sample size is in the 30 and 40 thousand of of people that try certain uh, vac- or that get a certain vaccine, yeah, to really see, okay, does it have the effect that um, that will not only authorities but also societies expect from this, right? And most recently, the FDA, so the uh, Food and Drug uh, Authorities in the United States, said. Okay, that at least 50% of the vaccinated people um, should really see a positive effect of, of receiving the, the vaccine uh, to, in order to be approved. Then you see five vaccines today are already approved for limited use. Uh, and I think that has been very much in the media recently when it comes to uh, the Sputnik uh, five vaccine that was launched in, in Russia, uh, which is seen with some criticism. Um, of 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 healthcare firms and, and regula- uh, uh, regulatory bodies, yeah and and there's a, a couple of others in China, yeah, which are somewhat in a similar state. Today, however, not a single vaccine is approved. And right, this is uh, the number that we see here, the the zero, yeah which everyone is eagerly waiting to, to see changed. Right, and so there's a there's a good race to, to make that happen. Um, And uh, we, we for sure, will see some progress here. So now, uh, prior to the event, there were some good comments and and questions already, whether or not this is the right topic to to bring here and to speak about it, uh, knowing, and well, this is uh, public knowledge, that no vaccine is available yet, right? So there's nothing to ship right now. Now, But uh, really, I'm a very firm believer that well we cannot scale this as quickly as an industry the minute it launches right this requires preparation and what we actually see uh, very much here is that already during the development life cycle of of this vaccine there's a lot of logistics involved right i mean we're talking about small parcels that has has, uh, has to be shipped directly to the dosing center or to the um, to to the patients, yeah, which is really specialty logistics, right? which are companies like like Quickstart, for instance, doing uh, there's also others like World Courier, uh, highly specialized in into this, really, um, let's say, working with the companies developing a new vaccine or any new drug during this uh, clinical trial phase. right? So and this is already in progress. It's already happening. first experience are being made okay what does it take to distribute this this vaccine yeah but then also once it's commercialized once it goes into the uh or it becomes a marketable product right so of course there's a launch period Yeah, so it's and then the demand uh, scales quickly yeah and for this yeah, because we expect this uh, um, this curve to be very steep yeah, um, that the the launch and growth happens within well weeks and 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 months, right? So the planning and alignment for what is needed then really must happen now, and this is especially valid when it comes to to the contracting or the sourcing of critical infrastructure. Yeah, I will I will speak to the. Uh, well, most likely, uh, temperature requirements of the, of these uh, vaccines in a in a short while. Yeah, but it is important now already. Yeah, to to really contract to sign fixed deals. Yeah, on on infrastructure um, that is most likely to be needed um, once the uh, vaccine is is tested, and then of course finally approved by the regulatory bodies, which happens uh, country by country, really. Yeah. So for this, because, well, not all aspects of the future supply chain of this vaccine are carved in stone today, really a certain agility will be key, right? I mean, there are certain adjustments that has to be made during for the modes of transports, yeah, for the temperature ranges, yeah, for the way of packaging this kind of, um, of uh, biopharmaceuticals. Um, all of these there is certain well agility which is absolutely needed and the the other part is that this is a we are in a global pandemic that's a a global um, challenge that we have here uh, which certainly is is too big to be um, executed by only one company uh, but it is something that has to be coordinated across multiple uh, well three pls but also two pls to take on this challenge and really will also deliver progress to society, right? I mean, after all, this is really something where the supply chain um, teams and and logistics firms really can step up to really play a significant role um, to overcome the um, to overcome the the pandemic we're in. So if we move on, some of the latest headlines I, I wanted to share here. I mean, they are about a, a week or ten days old, but uh, still is uh, most pressing. I mean, whilst everyone really is rushing into this new vaccine, right? Be it uh, political factor, right? I mean, there are certain elections coming up, yeah. So which um, plays a, a huge political role, yeah. There, but there's also well in other other areas. I mean, there's a. Uh, there's a demand of the societies right to receive this as quickly as possible Yeah, but what we very clearly see is an intervention of the regulatory authorities um, to well accelerate wherever possible yeah but not to to break it um before it's um, it's it's done perfectly Right. so the fda here says it was a cnn uh, article yeah, so that they want to see at least two months of safety data, right. So once the vaccine is, is, is launched or, or is tested yeah, and, and everything is good, they want to at least have two months yeah, of data yeah, how this vaccine is behaving. Now yeah, with the patients that have been tested already um, or the, the vaccine has been tested on. Uh, but especially also, how how does the vaccine then um, well maintain in different temperature zones, right? And uh, and and shock events, and I mean all of the different climates. Uh, and this is really the theme that we have here, right? I mean that things will not um, will not be accelerated because of political pressure. Now, yeah? but really to ensure now yeah, that once this vaccine is launched, it is available to the market it is um, it is absolutely in the best possible condition and uh, it's it's safe really to to use with uh, tolerable um, side effects only so for for this and uh, let me spend maybe a few minutes here on, on 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 quality management right because it is so important it is not only important now for the vaccine distribution but it is really important um for for all transports of pharmaceuticals and uh, and and also healthcare products right so all of this is really regulated um in the in the world health organization good distribution practices right which then and and by the way there's well which is a guideline but then also there's there's legis, uh, legislation in the country on country basis or on for the european union on non-european basis to really um to to follow certain criteria well not only in the manufacturing but also in the distribution of products yeah? and this goes around okay who is involved in the transportation of of, of this right i mean so what is the, the this stuff so how how trustworthy are people and how they're trained by the way yeah so the structure and systems yeah? so do we have traceable systems yeah to 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 still see okay what happened at at which time in 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 the systems and who has done what and that there's clear defined processes right i mean that um well a process is being followed instead of just the best practices best practices are great and we we always like them however they have to follow uh, a clearly defined and agreed upon process Uh, risk management in a supply chain there's always risk Uh, we just have to manage it we have to to identify the, the critical control points, right? Business continu- continuity. Now, so what is what is happening in the event of, and we've just seen the biggest crisis of it during the pandemic, right? When from one day to the other, well, thousands of people or millions of people work from home suddenly. Yeah? And I think the logistics sector has done very well here to, to do so. The same goes on the equipment, so the container manufacturers and, and air freight container manufacturers. Um, outsourced activities. I spoke about it earlier. What the three PLs involved, but also the two PLs involved. Yeah, so there's always an activity here which is which is outsourced, and this is something really um, which of of key focus. Yeah, so that the requirements uh, stipulated by the regulatory bodies and and taken on board by the manufacturer of the vaccine. Yeah, so that it's it's really being cascaded down to the last person now yeah, who's really physically touching is afraid then at the end of the day. Uh, and this is something very, very important. Security is another aspect Yeah, So with, uh, with the publicity um, that the vaccine uh, will have, now yeah, there certainly is a, there's a risk for, for security as well uh, and for products to enter the black market. Uh, so to get out of the, of the regular supply chain. So that is really something to focus on. And then continuous improvement, I mean, again i think uh, we are in a very agile business environment in in logistics right and everyone is is grown in this role to adapt to new situations and this is exactly what we what we will see here to improve things over time although everyone has the ambition to start um, as as perfectly as possible already so this is a very busy slide i had animated it a little bit uh, but apologies for um, for for having this here as it, as it is. But I think it's still is, is very, very important if you focus on what you see on your left hand side to, to start with, um, because a, a big topic of mine always is segmentation, right? I mean, unfortunately, still in the industry, also among the, the ocean carriers, still there's very much the perception that farmer is farmer, right? So there's no different shades of gray, um very often right so and then it's perceived dangerous it's perceived as willing to pay more or has to pay more in, in, in the perception Yeah, but pharma is, is a wide span for really from healthcare products that goes all the all the way to um to to vaccines or insulins and and other uh, biopharmaceuticals right so but also the same applies here to to the to the vaccines and what kind of vaccines are actually developed, right? I mean, there's uh, about uh, at least five different uh, kinds of vaccines. Yeah? So the first one would be a live but weakened virus vaccine. Yeah. So, so it uses the virus itself, yeah, but it's weakened, so that it, it does not cause any, any disease, right? The problem with this one is that it's, it's very slow to produce, yeah? and it really it requires some extensive uh, safety testing so that it's weakened enough. And there are some companies like uh, cotagenics in, in New York uh, that is currently working on this kind of, of, of vaccine. Uh, so then the next one would be the inactivated virus vaccine. Uh, so this is something uh, which is currently worked on um, by by Sinovac in, in China. And there's another a couple of other Chinese companies uh, trying uh, to create a vaccine of um, this foundation or this this kind. Then there's some viral vector vaccines yeah. and without going into all the details of what this uh, what what this really means and to really become too scientific here yeah, um really the great benefit of, of this one would be that the production of this vaccine can be scaled very quickly and potentially even a single dose of this vaccine uh, would be possible or would be enough uh, to to will, will activate the Im- immune system yeah so this is something that the Oxford University together with AstraZeneca here in Europe are working on, also other big companies like, like Johnson & Johnson or Merck. Yeah, so it's it's really one of the, of the leading um, well, types of vaccines that are being uh, produced right now and actually also already in phase three testing. So then we've got some protein vaccines. Um, so there's uh, well GSK and, and Sanofi working together on, on something like this. Yeah, also novovax in in the us Um, so that's that's another one Um, really what i would like to to focus on a little bit is this uh, nucleic acid vaccines yeah which use uh, genetic dna or rna to to program the replication of a protein spike yeah which then really provokes the the immune system the the problem with this kind is that this technology is greatly unproven. Yeah? So there is not a single licensed vaccine today which is really using this way. At the same time, there are some of the most promising um, uh, well candidates for for the for the vaccine are being developed this way, yeah? which includes uh, Moderna, um, also US based. But also pfizer together with biontech in in germany yeah, which are really leading uh, both both of these companies yeah, in the development of a vaccine uh, what makes it really different uh, this this kind of vaccine so the nucleic uh, acid vaccine w- is what you see on your right hand side yeah? so this is the only vaccine which today is uh, foreseen to have a transport uh, temperature requirement of negative 20 to down to negative 80 degrees Celsius. Yeah, so this is really a big challenge. It's something that really can be produced um, also on large scale um, in, in, in the manufacturing process. Yeah, but the distribution of of, the, of this vaccine will pose a major um, a major challenge yeah, whilst all the other vaccines being developed, yeah, after some um, well, testing and, and well, well, to collect stability data on the product, um, most most likely really will move in, into the 2 to 8 uh, uh, temperature range, which is kind of the fridge temperature, what we know from home, uh, similar to, to existing vaccines or other biopharmaceuticals. So now what we see, I mean, yes, it's, it's about 30% of all vaccines and uh, well, this data is courtesy of, of Seabury, um, launched a couple of days ago. Um, if now we look at the table on the bottom right side, um, so we see that the nuclear acid vaccine, which is produced by Pfizer and and, uh, and CureVac in, in Europe, um, with, with about... Uh, 2.4 billion dose um, is predominantly produced for the European market, right? The same for Moderna now yeah, being predominantly produced for the, um, the North American market, yeah, which only leaves a small percentage really for an international overseas um, uh, distribution, right? So it's actually the 30% of produced uh, vaccine requiring negative 20 to negative 80 yeah, um, will then in terms of tra- transport requirements um, for for overseas or long haul transportation, um will, will will go down to maybe some 12 to 15 percent in the end, maybe, if not even less. So what we see, yeah, it's not so clear yet. Okay, what is the first vaccine to come? Um, there's a different. We really have to look into the details of the vaccine that is being developed and um so that we need to build in now into any potential distribution pattern which are in the making right now Yeah, we need to build in some agility and flexibility yeah, to adjust to to the final requirements yeah but what we really foresee is it's the majority of product that will move into the the two to eight um uh, well, the range Good, let me move on. So really looking at the, the vaccine distribution and a typical supply chain, I mean, here we would first go from, well, having the raw material and, and the APIs, right? But at the same time, also packaging and, and devices. I mean, these are still items which are relatively easy to transport, right? I mean, they will scale up quickly. Now, would they have to be transported into manufacturing now but where it really becomes a, a massive chain, uh, challenge then will be after the manufacturing and the product is then in the, um, the, the vials and, and syringes right and then transportation to the wholesalers retailers and, and hospital chains at a destination because here um, because of the scale of the exercise um, it, it will be very very difficult to find uh, sufficient well warehousing capacity trucking capacity, but especially also um, air, air freight capacity, especially now that due to the pandemic a lot of um, air freight uh, or passenger aircrafts are still grounded. So the, the total volume still reduced by some um, thirty to forty percent yeah which has a direct impact on the on the freighter capacities yeah, which then of course has been scaled up yeah, but not yet um, to to recover. For all the passenger freight volume, which is which is still lacking, so for manufacturers of a potential vaccine candidate, right, they see different challenges. There's, they're all waiting for the regulatory approval, which uh, no one knows when exactly this will happen. As I said, it's being in an accelerated um, time frame. But uh, still, uh, well, there's certain security uh, concerns and, um, of, of the FDA and others. So it's uh, impacting product release and then quality assurance. Um, there's a supply shortage of, well, first the vaccine probably, because it's, it will be very difficult to scale up the manufacturing of, of it uh, quickly. But then also um, there's, um, there's a supply shortage of transport equipment. So, um, so there will be high volume production at the same time but only in very few locations, right? I mean, all the leading uh, developers of a vaccine are now looking into manufacturing in, um, well, in the big markets, so especially in North America and also Europe and then distribution from there, right? It would be very, very difficult to really bring this uh, manufacturing, which is highly specialized into more remote, well, areas and, and regions. Yeah, um, Again, temperature will play, play a significant role and also the equipment of the same um, security theft might be, well, an increased topic here um, as it is highly, also, theft attractive yeah, because, well, it's it's something very ex- expensive and, and interesting to, to everyone. Yeah? And then there's, well, of course, the final mile and to the dosing sites Uh, So this is something where, well, already there were um, a lot of communication that if it's really something that has to be delivered at negative 80, so there might be opportunities in developed areas, but in developing areas, um, this will pose a massive uh, problem to the the local infrastructure. So um, there's another slide, um, it was also courtesy of, of Seabury, uh, focusing on what will this do with the air freight market and well there's multiple reasons why a lot of this will go air freight in, in the first place. Um, uh, it's because well of the of the, of the supply chain integrity um, or the cold chain integrity it, it can have Yeah uh, so there's no off power times as we see very often for, for cold chain and, and sea freight and the ports and what we have to see and I think it's widely understood by many people. Yeah, but um it's it's also well in a in a pandemic in a crisis situation i think it's not a secret that companies go back to where they feel most safe and of course the other part is speed to market right well this once it launches i mean we can be assured that the political leaders of of this world will put a lot of pressure that uh, the vaccine is distributed to their country as as quickly as possible, and no one wants to lose another couple of um, of weeks while the shipment is on the water. So, what we see um, and or what we expect, or what we can expect, is roughly a total market of 15 million doses of a, of a vaccine, yeah, which is split almost in half when air distribution and and local domestic distribution um, by by truck. Right. And uh, so for, for air freight, what, what does that really mean? Yeah. So that's another, well, 65,000 tons of air freight cargo coming into the anyway stretched air freight market um, as, as it is right now, Yeah, which equivalents to, to about 930 Boeing 747 freighters yeah which is well 0.3% of the global air trade 2019 probably higher now because the, the air trade is significantly down this year yeah and but it's it's increasing or it it makes 12% of the global um, pharmaceutical air trade as it is today and transporting five times as, as, as much vaccines as as the air freight market collectively did last year so it's really a, a massive challenge and especially for this for this cold chain um, infrastructure and um, and active containers in air freight, it's really something which is actively looked in. So now, how will the temperature be assured when it comes to to air freight and and also local um, transportation? It's really mainly focusing on on dry ice, right? I mean, there's big freezer farms being built um, by by certain companies, yeah, so that that really, Will scale up the capability to produce dry ice for the transportation of these um, future vaccines, and um, so that is something which comes with with additional challenges, um, as it is considered dangerous goods, right? And it's uh, it requires really trained staff. To, um, uh, to 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 handle this dry ice uh, so there's, uh, there's a big risk also for for on, on the uh, safety and, and health regulations yeah but this is uh, most likely how this will be shipped especially if it's deep frozen and the other part we spoke about it will be most likely two to eight so as we are progressing in time and to to round this up and to to wrap this up um really i think we can conclude that the focus on supply chain and distribution has never been higher right so here well out of a sudden really where we drive purpose of what we are doing now we really can say that the supply chain teams of um and 3pl and 2pl organizations really um really uh, will have a lot of purpose that they can put into this to help to solve this this vaccine distribution challenge which we are facing here. The the complexity of the challenge requires collaboration. Uh, It is too big of a challenge for a single company to take it on and and to solve this. So in the end, there will be more than one vaccine being approved, Uh, so at the same time, there will be more than one um, logistics operator that has to uh, support this and to, to distribute this. The the temperature requirements here. It's very much worth looking into what kind of vaccine is it really? Yeah, to understand. Okay, what what do we what do we need, in terms of of critical infrastructure, yeah. And the urgency of the supply really favors air and road distribution. Yeah, with sea freight being a backup solution, which uh, can be very much viable on some short sea, um, short sea trades, for instance. Yeah, because we can operate. Um, at, at negative at 20 but also negative uh, 40 and even uh, down i, I saw uh, henry Klinge in, in the audience uh, earlier right i'm so with specialty equipment now uh, things are possible um to to also help distribute products the other part is and this is where i believe maritime containers can play a big role will be when it comes to short-term storage right i i really foresee that there will be a run yeah, to to provide short-term storage, maybe also in in containers, um, to to well, cover for some excess uh, demand, which uh, well warehousing space is, is not sufficient as it is today, and well, as warehouses takes years to be built, and uh, and to be planned, um, probably this intermediate solutions is quite vital and and likely to happen. So with this being said, and having rushed through a couple of things I really would like to to thank for your attention and yes would like to open if if there's any any questions
1: Well, um, Hannes, thank you very much. Apologies again to the audience that haven't been able to see Hannes. Um, we're running quite close to time, Hannes. Um, so, uh, my apologies.
0: Yes, uh, no, no, no. That's that, no.
1: I want to thank you for an absolutely fascinating presentation. And just you know, I knew the scale of the challenge was enormous, but the key takeaways, you know, for me is it's not just about moving the product and getting that system right. It's so much that's wrapping around it in terms of as uh, you said, training, process, the traceability mechanisms, quality management, the 3PL and 2PL and distribution activity, getting everything in place needed to actually move the vaccine, um, your issue on dry ice and the uh, challenges of managing that on a large scale, given that it's a dangerous, uh, dangerous goods. So I, I think, you know, more than amply, and thank you so much for filled the brief to uh just give us an idea of the complex dimensions um, of um, catering for this, and the impact it's going to have um, across the market. Um, and you mentioned at the beginning of the session, Hannah, that uh, someone said, "You know, why are we bothering with this when we haven't even got a vaccine yet?" Um, I think I can see why. You're very much, um, we're all having to. You're all having to spend time on this now because this isn't going to get created. Um, overnight um, so I- if i may um uh, just a quick uh, question to two from my side to finish up I've, I've been looking on the app and i uh, haven't seen a lot of questions um coming in uh, it, it, you mentioned that you know you you can ultimately see you know, pretty much every um transport uh mode getting involved in this uh a global initiative, starting with sea and air, but then uh, moving on to the maritime side of things. Uh, do you have a feel? I was talking to some people about this the other day. You know, maritime tea that would coming in, in and the kind of a second or third wave, like down the line from from the start off with sea, uh, uh, sea, uh, with air, and uh, air and road.
0: Well I mean what I what I would really very much uh, would, would anticipate is that because it will push so much additional volume into into the air trade or especially the temperature controlled air air to air trade um, that it is it is key uh, or what what we very much can foresee is that well there are certain other products which more routinely go through the air network, then will be will be um, well pushed maybe to to sea freight again uh, where we anyway see this conversion from from air freight to sea freight and um, but because of the the urgency of the delivery right and the um, well the high uh, well attention of of, um, of, of the society to this and the distribution of it well i I very much foresee that the majority of of this will go air freight and it will last for for a month and maybe one or two years They yeah, to really have a good proportion of 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 uh, of, of people vaccinated. Oh. Related to
1: that, a new question has come in. If I may, just pose to you, uh, Hannes, as we just come up to the end of the session, which is from Johannes uh, Nanginga. Nanginga, apologies, Johannes. Uh, with Guangzhou Port, Europe, uh, and the question was: Do you expect a ripple effect from air to rail or ocean in other segments? So I think that's allied to what you just said. That it, will it push? Will it push some cargo into into ocean rail? that's yeah. going by air
0: today no ab- ab- absolutely uh, and uh, i think that's what we what we're gonna see yeah uh, so that certain well as i said routine shipments that have been have gone air freight in in the past or now during the pandemic to ensure uh, supply of, of the markets uh, so that will go well either to sea freight or back to sea freight uh, as we've seen uh, some shift into air freight during the last month and uh, we, we definitely will see this. And uh, I think this is also where the maritime industry is is really very much on standby and ready to to support the challenge on, on this side of the things.
1: Well, thank you again, uh, Hannes. Um, I'm sorry we have to cut off at this point. Um, Really appreciated that presentation. I think we'll be the first of many within the Cool Logistics community as we look to support all the work you're doing in terms of keeping the market informed. Um, just as a quick note, as we wrap up, I know a few people had some issues um, on sound um, and getting into the session. Uh, please, as a reminder, all sessions are being recorded and uh, this session with Hannes will be available uh, later today. Um, as will the previous session. So if you couldn't get online, um, do not fear, Um, you have a chance to review it all at your leisure. Um, So thank you again, Hannes. We are going to uh, um, close the session now, and we are back uh, quite quickly, in uh, 15 minutes or so, with a session that I think follows on very well, looking at the complexity here of the pharma issues. Um, We're going to be moving to look at what's happening in agro food chains. So uh, please come back and join us for a fascinating uh, presentation and panel debate Uh, with thanks to the Port of Rotterdam for having put it together for us. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Rachel. Bye.
1: Thank you, Johannes. Bye.